BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Takecast. My name is Davis Maddock. You guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the show, I am joined for a relaxed hour of conversation by my friend, Pat Mayo. You guys know him. You guys love him. You guys always seem to have pretty good feedback for these shows when Pat and I just shoot the shit. So that's what we did, an hour of shooting the shit while Pat battles through the novel coronavirus. If you enjoy this program, you can always subscribe to the Patreon for bonus episodes of the show. You can leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can just tell a friend about the program. That's always appreciated as well. Now let's go ahead and get into the episode. All right, guys, welcoming back into the program, my great friend, Mr. Patrick Mayo, who always comes in clutch. You guys might not know this, but uh, Thanksgiving week for the Americans, trying to find a guest for your niche internet podcast, not always the easiest thing, but I know that uh, Pat always has my back as a Canadian who I, you guys, you guys have Thanksgiving like in the summer there. There's a Canadian Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, it was six weeks ago. It's the second Monday in October, I think. What is what what is Canadian Thanksgiving celebrate? What is the story that Canadian school children get get taught? I mean, I'm pretty sure it's the same as Thanksgiving in America. Yeah. All right. Well, it's it's a great it's a great made up it's a great made up holiday. So this is uh, this is the first thing that I have to throw to you as our as our jumping off point, and we'll see where it goes from here. But I have noticed a real lack of politics in sports recently i think the idea of sticking to sports is actually happening i was noticing this uh ethan sherwood strauss did this piece uh like a week ago i've tried to get you to read him before maybe not your vibe but he he pointed this out and i was like is that even true or do people in sports still really do it and i realized like the nba not a lot going on there they did take the entire uh election day off of their league but even in I mean, definitely in football, it's it's kind of gone. In baseball, it's it's not really there. And I'm wondering, uh, I mean, one, your thoughts? Do you think that's true? Paul, the lack the the lack of overlap between politics and sports. And then also, I'm wondering why you think that might be. Probably because it's bad for business overall. Yeah, people. Like, don't no matter care. what you say, someone's going to be pissed off and threatened to never. Although football, listen, people can threaten to stop watching football all they want. They put out the worst product ever every single Thursday night or every single Monday night, whatever it might be. And people don't stop watching because of that. They're not going to stop because someone took a knee on the field. Yeah. I mean, football, I think, is so insulated from any of these concerns. I do think, I think it's a very real concern for the NBA. I think the NBA sort of needs you know, uh, a more conservative right-leaning audience, you know, just normal middle, middle America type people than they ever would have. And the NBA is so interesting as a product. Like I, I really like the NBA, but the amount of people I know sort of, uh, sort of in my life who like are watching regular season NBA games is, is very, very low. I mean, the TNT game, sure, but that's it really. I don't watch any NBA until the playoffs. And even then I don't really care. I like, I like most people like to follow the NBA as kind of like people follow Hollywood in a weird way. Like I want to know what like some of the stories are. I listen to basketball podcasts, but I consume very little 
NBA. Like the only time I'll ever really consume NBA is if I'm out with friends, which is becoming less and less often these days. And now as it gets colder, maybe we'll start reconvening a little bit more, but we'll throw on the Raptors game because everyone's a Raptors fan, that kind of thing. And if the Raptors are on and I'm at home and I'm not doing anything, then I'll watch it. But there's no appointment viewing for regular season NBA, but I do like to keep up to date with what's going on. So I'll listen to podcasts. I'll read articles about it. And I think I'm not alone in that. Even when we look at NBA ratings for the finals, it's not like they're great. The Nuggets, the Nuggets final did way better than people were thinking. I remember that being a talking point, you know, like, oh, no one's going to care. No one's going to care about the Denver Nuggets winning an NBA championship. And they did. They did all right. You know, it wasn't it wasn't the stone disaster, but it is sort of a very interesting space for the NBA, because I actually completely agree with you. I, I bet more people listen to Zach Lowe's NBA podcast than will watch, you know, whatever the, the 6 p.m. TNT game is on a random Thursday. The the league is so vibrant on social media and people are so interested in, oh, James Harden, he he, James Harden calls Daryl Morey a liar. And, uh, you know, the Suns are making all these trades. They, people love the trades. They love the player movement. I, I think people just, I, for, I don't really know what that's about. I, I love it too. I mean, I'm not, I don't mean to be castigating people because I love this stuff too. And I, 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 like you, probably listen to more hours of basketball podcasts per week Ah, the Thunder are really good right now, so I've actually been watching the games. But it's probably it's pretty close between hours of basketball watched and hours of podcasts listened to, and that's kind of a tricky spot if you are the league because how do you monetize that? How do you make money out of people being interested who James Harden plays for? You don't really, or yeah. you have to figure out a way that I just that's that's beyond any sort of big brain galaxy brain thinking. But that's what it's going to take in order to figure out how to monetize that because there is a lot of interest. So it like the NBA got what for the finals, it says 20 million viewers per game, juxtapose that with 11 million viewers per game for the world series, which was granted a terrible world series, but it's kind of showing you where basketball is at for its finals versus where it's at versus baseball for its finals. But I would guess day-to-day game to game MLB rates better in local markets than the NBA does. So, I mean, I think, I think that is probably true. I think basketball is sort of like baseball in the sense that it is a pretty local sport, but the the big difference between baseball and basketball is baseball is just going to have a, a cadre of people who watch the games, no matter what, you know, maybe, maybe not the athletics, right. But most teams, you know, the, the Cardinals actually a great example. So I live in a big baseball city here in St. Louis and the Cardinals in 2023 were dog shit they were sellers at the deadline they had no hopes of being a good team but they were still selling tickets the tv deal worked out fine for everyone but the big difference is in the nba is that if your team is really bad and they don't care they're they're actively trying to lose people get super turned off they won't watch the games on tv they won't go to the games and it's such a uh, misalignment of incentives because if you're a really smart gm for an office guy and you don't have any good players or you don't have a superstar player you are like actually kind of an idiot if you try and maximize a team to win 40 games you know and i i don't know that's clearly what people don't like about the nba right like you ask someone on the street like oh why don't you like the nba and they're like oh well they don't play any defense and half the teams are trying to lose like there there's no arguing that the way the nba draft is set up is it creates a worse product on the field. And that's so not true in the NFL. I mean, I think that's probably the NFL's number one advantage over all sports, which is that even the shittiest of teams are always trying 100%. I think we even saw that this year with both the Bears and the Cardinals the past few weeks. Like just rushing back Kyler Murray to play is not something that we thought that they would do. It could have been that you can't trade Kyler Murray for anything. If the guy just sits out 17 games, like who's going to give you what you would want for Kyler Murray. If you end up with one of these top draft picks, I think they saw the landscape of everything and said, you know what? Like we're not guaranteed to get number one. And it's no, like after watching Caleb Williams last two months at USC, it's like, well, maybe he's not the generational prospect 
that people thought. Is it worth tanking for it, or should we see what we have with Kyler at this point and how he meshes with a new head coach and you know having Michael Wilson out there with Hollywood Brown and Trey McBride in year two? Maybe he'll just be better. So I, you just don't – you would never see that in the NBA where people would take a gamble like that to potentially give away those – highly valuable, very top-end picks if you can get them. The also, the, the bigger thing, too, is one player in football can't change things for your team right. like one player in the NBA. Yeah, one player can completely change the direction of your franchise. Luka Doncic for the match. I mean, Wembenyama is going to do that for the Spurs, I think. Like, the Spurs are already, you know, kind of... And, and it's actually, it creates this crazy power imbalance, you know? Like, Giannis really decides the future of the Milwaukee Bucks like they they would it really this trade they made for Damian Lillard like was not the smartest thing of all time in terms of like risk that I think they gave up a 2029 first round pick I mean that 2029 first round pick could like very easily be you know one of the three best picks in the draft if Giannis leaves or gets old or injures his knee or whatever and I I kind of go back and forth on that like do I like the the player empowerment stuff in the NBA. Am I all on board for Damian Lillard signing the four year bazillion dollar contract and then saying, yeah, actually, you know what? I'm out. I don't want to play for you anymore. Like I I like for Dame, you know, you kind of understand. But then when it's like James Harden, I'm like, fuck James Harden. James Harden has had a billion chances, has ruined like has left every team he's ever gone to in a worse state than when he got there. And I all, I mean, I do think the player empowerment thing is another, can you imagine if Kyler was like, you know what, actually I don't want to play. Like you just, you got to pay me this money, but I actually just am not in, like if an NFL quarterback who was good said, I think you built a dog shit team around me. I don't want to go out and play with dog shit. Like what would the public reaction to that be? It would be visceral. Yeah. How mad be- everyone would be so mad i can't even as a quarterback i know there's been wide receivers who've held out can you think of a quarterback who held out i i can't really eli manning said he wouldn't go to san diego john elway said he wouldn't go wherever the hell it was so the eli thing was kind of before my time i think i was like maybe maybe like 10 or 11 what were people were people really pissed off about that i don't really remember because i would have been like 14 so and we didn't have the internet too so you could only yeah. like talk to people who in, in my social circle of 14 year olds in canada it wasn't the biggest thing that eli manning uh, right. didn't want to go play for san diego and forced a trade which turned out to be a great trade by the way for both teams really right because that was rivers at the same time no it wasn't rivers it was breeze breeze that's right they, they got breeze sean merriman and nate Kading. It's kind of, I'm wow. What the crazy ability to, to rattle that off. I, I do. It's, it's the NFL. Do you think the NFL is lucky or do you think they're good? I mean, I, cause to me, the success of the NFL, given the quality of the games has always been kind of insane. Like if you watch any given NFL game, the, the, the actual entertainment product that you are watching is bad there's so much stoppage like there's so many commercials there is just like a lack of it's it's actually a lot of the things that people complain about with soccer which is just that there's so much of like nothing happening i i like obviously and obviously i am just as hooked and addicted as anyone else but i i have always kind of wondered and for me it's because of gambling but like the average person who's not like if they don't have a fantasy football team, why would you watch Red Zone if you don't have fantasy football teams? I don't know, but people do. They do. Well, I mean, Red Zone is probably the best way to consume the product. Easily, yes. I mean, watching one NFL game in isolation. Now, I mean, Eagles, Chiefs, Monday, the week before Thanksgiving, pretty pretty good, right? Like, it, it was not the most exciting second half, but, like, the stakes were pretty high. Every possession felt pretty good but like this upcoming friday uh when people are listening to this the miami dolphins are playing the tim boyle new york jets on black friday i mean that's going to be one of the worst games of the season that is going to be almost unwatchable but people are going to watch it i'm going to watch it yeah because we're going to gamble on but what is i but but clearly the uh the 
amount of people who are actively gambling in the United States right now and the people who are actively watching the NFL, the the pie of actively watching the NFL is much larger than the the active gambling crew, I think. True, but and let's let's lump fantasy into that as well. There's still, I mean, I bet I bet 20% of the people who watch Sunday night football are not gambling or playing fantasy football. Sure. But that's no different than the boomer audience that still tunes into CBS for CBS, NCIS Sydney. Yeah, that's true. Do you ever do you ever have those moments watching regular so what you're watching a football game and you're watching it on fox or cbs or mb i don't know what the fucking canadian channels are it's, it's the and, same channels well who who could possibly say canada is a fucking mystery land to me and you'll see these commercials for broadcast television like the masked singer or the lego show or whatever and you're like do you just ever feel like you're not part of this planet like i'm like i can't imagine watching the masked singer for one solitary second i can't imagine and then you find out it's like the highest rated show on television like that makes me feel like an alien it's but that's no different than anything 20 years ago was like very rarely is the most watched show on tv like a good show seinfeld i guess kind of switched that a little bit but other than that like everyone loves raymond was like the highest rated show for ages like maybe as a background show in syndication on when it would start airing on TBS, would I throw it on? I wasn't tuning in live for Everyone Loves Raymond, yet apparently everyone was. But it's not as alien to me because I watch football every Sunday with a guy who watches all of this stuff. It's Cust. Like, Cust is the demo for this. He loves the mass Singer. It's so cool I, to see celebrities sing. Did you know I that? I thought Cust was a PhD. He is. Why is a, why is a PhD watching the mass Singer? I know. Why does every doctor I know smoke cigarettes? Is that true? Yeah, every doctor I know smokes cigarettes. Well, doctor, it's a real high stress profession, right? Yeah, I they mean, know how the... bad it is for them, though. Well, yeah, I mean, knowledge and knowledge and practical. I know a lot of things. No, so, then, so you know, finish that thought. I guess to me, it just seems like that wouldn't even be brain compatible, though. Like a PhD would want to be doing literally anything other than watching them. I, I just a lot of the like some lowest common denominator things totally appeal to me, but lowest common denominator network television, like any of any of the contest shows, you know, uh, America's Got Talent, American Idol, whatever. None of that stuff ever. It was I. I tried. I I remember trying to watch American Idol when it was like all anyone would talk about, and it it I just couldn't. I couldn't do anything with it. So it's not for you. It's not, it, it's just, but it's by, by the ratings, me. it would suggest it's for people. I just, I, to me, it feels like a, a fucking conspiracy theory or something. Cause I, until you just told me, cussed, watch the mass singer, I never met anyone or even heard of anyone watching this program. Outside of him, I think it's like I have a few friends whose wives watch it. My grandma watches it. Other than that, no, I don't know anyone either. But you have to start coming to the realization is that you're not the normal one. That's a hard realization to have for anyone, right? Maybe not just me, but like, isn't that like the human stasis spot is to think that your outlook is like most relative to normal? It is, but you have to understand that that's just going to simply be not true when you have to make bold proclamations of, hey, this thing that everyone in the world likes and watches, I don't like. Well, all of a sudden, that kind of puts you on the outside now, doesn't it? What's something What's something that, that you feel is totally alien that everyone seems to like? I guess best ball. Best ball is the one for you where probably everyone you have on your show, all these DFS people, they all do the best ball. And you're like, I can't. This shit is insane. Uh, just best ball and season-long fantasy at this point. Uh, I've And it's really terrible to say. Uh, I was getting – we had a friend over the other day, and I was getting triggered watching the games with him. Because he was just every play, he had someone. We watched the early set of games and then the late set of games. He had Elvin Kamara. And every play that wasn't to Elvin Kamara was like a talking point. Why aren't they giving it to Kamara? Every single play. Every single play of this fucking shitty Saints game that's on an auxiliary TV. I was like, how much money do you have on like this the over Kamara yardage? He's like, and he's like, oh. I got him in my $50 league. 
$50 league, free to play league. Oh, Unless one guy, it's, it's with our other set of friends. I just, I, I played in it one year and then it was for money, but then it wasn't for money because people didn't want to pay. And I was like, I am not playing in this. Like, this is like an absolute waste of time. And like, this is a guy who money is everything to him. And this is what he's sweating. So good on him that he doesn't need to have like tons of money on it, but it is the most like when I'm riding a bunch of money on certain games and this guy's complaining about his free season long league. It just, it made it a very unhappy viewing experience for me. No, there is that. And I'm sure everyone <laughs> listening to this has like their own version of this situation where they're with their like semi normie friend who doesn't have a DraftKings account and is like sweating their home league or whatever. And you're like, if, Tony Pollard does not score a touchdown here. Like I'm eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches all week. Like, and, and it's just, and it's all, it is, that is such that, I mean, that's an experience where we are definitely the aliens. Of course. That's exactly what I was going to say that we are on. And like me in that situation is an outsider perspective. Although it was, it was just super annoying. Like I had a bunch of money on stuff, but I wasn't there begging every play and getting pissed off at the game that it wasn't going to my guy because that's unreasonable. Well, that's okay. This So this is one of the other things that I wanted to talk about, which is that it, I don't know how the marketing for the sports betting stuff is in Canada. I assume they're laying it on pretty, pretty thick and heavy. It's a, it's a lot of hockey. A lot of hockey. Yeah. In I mean, Canada, I guess. Yeah. Hey, you hockey, should bet on hockey. Hey, you think you a, know things about hockey? You should bet on it. Is hockey a good betting sport? Cause I don't it, fucking know. All the lines are the same. Like when I look at a hockey game, they're all six and a half total games. Maybe there'll be a six. Maybe there'll be a seven. It used to be five and a half a couple of years ago. I don't know what what changed. I mean, maybe it's more, but it just feels kind of feels like betting on baseball, I guess, where it's like, but but people in Canada like hockey way more than Americans like baseball these days. Yeah. And uh, like Meanie, cleans up on shot shot props it seems like a lot of sharp people play shot props because that's like easily projectable it's sort of like a minutes thing with the nba that if this guy plays x amount of minutes then he's most likely going to have x amount of rebounds because of the minutes that he's playing replacing this guy i think a lot of it works the same if you can project minutes well in hockey that you can dominate these shot props well, I mean, that would be true. Uh, the the shot props are going to be more projectable and appeal more to someone sharp like Meany than people who just want to bet sides and totals or same game parlays or whatever. I I actually very similar to you. I I mean, I like to bet props, but like the idea of grinding six percent edges to like eke out a couple thousand dollars a year. I mean, it just not it's not really that appealing to me. Like line line shopping for like ten cent discrepancies between tony pollard rushing overs or whatever like i just don't i don't i don't do that at all well it shows that you're in a pretty good financial place i think i think that if this was me 10 years ago then i would be grinding those oh budgets. sure and i'd be yeah, I done it. that in college yeah and i would have been playing like i would have spent three hours a night grinding every prop now i just go to run the sims go to the prop sniper like hey what are the two best props boom 500 bucks on each do you do you love the the nine leg hundred and ten to one same game parlays? Oh yes! Not yeah. only do I love those, like uh, we have like a thread. There's like five of us every Sunday sending us basically the most outrageous same game parlays par- parlayed with other same game parlays. Do you know about thread the needle same game parlays on DraftKings.com? Is that they uh, like the over under ones? Like so you over- do. You yeah, because do... I, I talked to you about this because I had J- yeah, like yeah, J- yeah. I hit the Jalen Hyatt one under receptions over yardage. Yeah, those are so you. Yeah, I have not. Uh, I have not gotten into the DGen um, same game parlay together where you're combining same game parlays. Uh, although I'm sure, I'm sure that is a great way to make sure that your DraftKings.com account is never limited. If you if you fire. Uh, nine leg same game parlays and then same game parlay them together uh DraftKings is going to let you bet that's going to become one of those accounts that lets you get twenty thousand dollars down on an nfl side i mean that is there's no better way to mark your account as a fish than doing that 
Oh, absolutely. Like I, I, when I decide to get out of the gambling game, I'm going to take all of my betting accounts and put them on the dark web for people to bid on, to take over. I guarantee, I bet you a sharp, like professional better would buy my account at my main book for like $50,000. How that's a great, I mean, I don't think you're wrong. I think you're probably right, but how long do you think it would take their software or whatever, whatever their process is to figure out that you had been doing something different and to limit you? Cause I bet it'd be pretty quick. I don't know. I, I don't know the ins and outs of that. Like if I turn myself into like what you're supposed to do in terms of sure. trying to win money and beating the books. And I think it depends on what, like some books will limit you by sport. Some books will limit yeah. you across the board. And a lot of it's to do with like live stuff too. Like Paul, my producer is limited at basically every sports, everyone. He just takes them on live MMA odds until they don't let him take them anymore. Yeah, I mean that. So uh, I don't. Have you ever read any of Ed Miller's books? Probably. No, not. I listened to him on your show. Yeah. So the number one thing that if you if you're gonna take any if you have not read Ed either of Ed's sports betting books, I think they're really good if you're interested in learning more. But the number one takeaway that I that I got from reading his book the most recent time, fastest way to get limited is to make someone look shitty at their job. Is to is to capitalize on a very clearly wrong line like immediately after it gets posted that could be a live line that could be a prop whatever because if you're if you're just it, it'd be like it'd be like it's it's like a twitter troll telling you or i like i can't believe you wanted to play christian watson on the packers like obviously the dude stinks or whatever you know it's it's just it's just showing up to someone's place of business and being a dick basically you know what that's actually a really good analogy i i had never considered that before like i'm very liberal with the mute button and yeah, especially same. over like something especially things that aren't necessarily my fault like if something gets people got pissed at me <laughs> there was one guy because on youtube like if i like i'm doing it right now to the show that we just recorded i just uploaded it that turnaround time on that show is gonna be like 40 minutes by the way it's amazing pretty good. yeah pretty good it's gonna take Proud you longer you. to turn around this audio podcast than it was for me to edit a video while we were talking. But if I put things under my playlist on the Pat Mayo experience, if I have it set to unlisted and not private, you can find the video and go click on it. And I, it's not like I hide a bunch of videos there, but I wait for everything to process. So it's in HD, the audio quality is good, whatever it might be. And then you get this one asshole who like found the hidden video and it's like, the audio's not working for this. It's like, it's not fucking processed yet, man. Like you found a video that wasn't public and now you're complaining to me that it's not done processing yet. Like who's the asshole here? Like fuck off. It just, it pisses me off. And, <laughs> and then there's just, mute. Might, might be the greatest guy in the world. Instamute. Instamute. Yeah. Inst I, I mean, I, I, I talked about that with Ricky D uh, two weeks ago, but it's just like, I, I used to love to mix it up with people on Twitter, argue, you know, go back and forth fantasy football arguments, whatever. And that's just like, I don't have the, I mean, I guess I still have the time. I just don't really have the patience or the energy for it anymore. So like my rule is like annoying comment, mute, super annoying, mean comment block and like never rescinded. There's just never a world in which I'm unblocking you once you you've crossed the line to blocking. But that is, that is the sports betting analogy, which is that like, okay. Uh, you know, Thanksgiving day game, whatever, uh, the book, posts Patrick Taylor at over four and a half rushing yards. But like, it's pretty clear Aaron Jones isn't going to play. And the second they post Patrick Taylor, four and a half rushing yards, you're, you click bet max over four and a half rushing yards. That is the guy finding the unlisted YouTube audio and being a dick about it. No, see, I, I don't think so. Cause I think the books need to know that, that if you're going to post odds around injuries, that this is going to happen. Like you might want to have some confirmation of some of that stuff. That's the books posting a bad number and you should be allowed. I mean, listen, I'm not saying that you should or shouldn't be allowed to take advantage of it. Would that get oh, you, you limited? Should. I don't think, I don't think that that would get you limited. Uh, It wouldn't get you limited <clears throat> if you did it. It would not get you limited if you did it one time, but if you did that and then they posted a bad Tyler Lockett number and you hit that and then you got four points of closing line value on an NBA game the next night, 
I bet you are, I bet you're getting pretty close to, to limit city, which I, by the way, believe is completely unethical. I, I think limiting should not be allowed provided the book has, you know, basically unlimited liquidity, which they do. I think that um, it's based, it's corporate socialism, specifically the way it works in America, which is that they can take as much money. If you were firing $10,000 losing bets, you could bet a hundred games in a row losing the max amount of money that you can bet and there would be nothing done about it. But if you won three $10,000 bets in a row, you would immediately get knifed, which I think is immoral. There was actually a story that I was, I, I didn't read it, I saw a headline for it. And then I talked to my friend who worked at the company. But there was a, one of the licensed gambling companies in Ontario uh, got reprimanded and fined by the provincial government for almost allowing what you said where they let a guy with a gambling problem just ship it. and ship it. And they were like, you identified this guy as a problem gambler and let him continue to do it. And they got fined like 750 K. That's a, that's an interesting moral question that if your software, if your company identifies someone like clearly has uh, an issue, I mean, obviously I know what, uh, you know, the, the the two positions on this will be very clear. You know, the right wing people will say that's his personal choice. He should be able to rack up well, as much debt well, as he wants. Well, additionally, like, I mean, is, is it a right wing versus left wing thing? Because, I mean, when it comes to limiting, that's a business saying that we don't want your business. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, obviously, my perspective here is very shaded by being someone in, in the, the player side of this. I actually... I mean, this is not going to surprise anyone listening to this. I'm not limited on DraftKings or FanDuel. I can bet whatever I want because I, I don't give a shit about making $60 a prop. I, I'm firing 19 like same game products, but I am limited uh, on one book that will not be named because I bet Shohei Otani to win the MVP five separate times the first time he won it and they they nuked my account after that. I can't, I, I think I can bet $50 aside now, which is insane. Cause I, I'm still not like this super sharp sports, but I just got lucky one time. Yeah. Well, maybe just because of that. And the, cause it's not necessarily how much you win or lose with a lot of these things. It's the type of bets that you're making, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, and that, make- that's what they look for, which is like, I, I, I've gone back and forth on this a bunch of times, but I do think, I think it is not great that, like limit, uh, like limit someone to five hundred bucks. Limit someone to a, a hundred bucks. Whatever the these the software that's set up to limit people to like a dollar thirteen or whatever is like. I I just it's like what are we even doing here? I, I see. I agree with you with that. That that's how if limiting is gonna be a thing, that's how limiting should work. I think. Yeah. Like just ha- have some sort of like reasonable middle ground with it, and it doesn't need to be the amount of money you can wager on something because if you you can get five hundred dollars down on something huge and win a ton of money if you're super sharp but super long odds one second <laughs> covid my, sorry my man my my coat my my covid man here he's, yeah I, i'm running struggling. through lozenges and green tea as we speak just to make sure that i still have a voice left and this is after six days so are you are you on the are you on the ivermectin are you doing the the roger stuff i mean i should have been like this hit me much harder than I would have ever anticipated, especially after the first time I had it, you know, I had like a really shitty day and then I was just kind of like "Eh," for a few days and I was fine. Like I'm into day six of like, I'm starting to get better now. I did the Sunday night show this week in studio with Gus. I didn't realize I had COVID at the time. I thought I had like bronchitis or something and that I was getting better because I was feeling a little bit better. And then I came home that night and I coughed from like 2 a.m to 4 a.m. I coughed so much I had to cancel my Monday show because my chest hurt whenever I was speaking. That's how much I was coughing. Uh, but That's today, really gnarly. But, you know, the, the, that went like two nights in a row. Um, but now I actually do feel a little bit better. Just kind of tired. Brain foggy is, is one way I would describe it. I'm not as sharp as I normally am. How could the people tell, Pat? How I know, right? Yeah. Man, when, you're, when you're a dullard to begin with, then you can really slip one by them. But in terms of the limiting, just limit the amount that you can win on a bet. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that is I think that is fair both ways. Cause I think you I think you could also argue that 
it is an unrealistic expectation of all these, you know, hashtag professional sports betters out there that the money pot of being able to make your living by taking money from private corporations every year is also like that's that is a that is an unrealistic life goal. You know what I'm saying? I don't know about that. Maybe like, maybe it, that's wrong. I don't know. I'm just we're thinking out loud here on the program. Yeah, I, you should be allowed to make your money. I mean, it's not illegal. No, so, no, of course it's not illegal. But even so, like to make the analogy to a financial market, these giga geniuses who come up with these ways to beat the stock market that no one's ever found, you know, the their their arbitrage trading, they are like whatever the method, you know, the, the whatever financial method, whatever trading method you come up with will eventually, you know, that inefficiency will be sought out by too many people and then it will become efficient. Like those guys realize that, whatever the initial trade was it can't well a lot of them realize they can't go forever or they start committing financial crimes instead yeah well when you say financial crimes and you're dealing with crimes then it's a real problem then you're into the fraud department yeah well i I mean that goes back to one of my favorite discussions which is if you wanted to cheat in dfs how could you how could you do it Right. That that's that's one of my alt. Uh, it's one of Brian's favorite talking points. Ultimately, we decided the number one way to do it would be rigging UFC fights because they don't make enough money that it would be impossible for them to be bribed or whatever. But outside of that, I can't really think at college basketball, maybe, but I don't even know if there's enough money in college basketball DFS for it to matter. I believe that I think I was on that show, the three of us that we did. I think that I think, one show I we think did you're together, right. I we talked that. about this. And yeah, yeah, UFC would be the only one I think that you could rig in your favor. I There's do too many I variables do. in every other sport. Yeah. And I, I mean, I love that. I love that about the tennis, NFL. maybe, but there's no money in tennis. No money in tennis. I mean, they're they're the every every like uh, three years, there'll be a tennis match fixing scandal. Like tennis, tennis match fixing is is super real happens all the time no sure but i'm talking about dfs tennis like you it, it would cost you more to rig it than you would actually win you have to you'd have to get some whale on the hook to play like 50k head-to-heads off-site where you were like settling in bitcoin that would be that would be the only way you could do it i think which i mean does happen people do play do people do play off-site for a bunch of money uh did you see this viral tweet going around uh where where you know uh hashtag like get your right get your life right twitter is castigating young american men for sports betting saying it's a it's a total waste of time i mean they're probably not wrong yeah that's so like the, obviously my whole timeline was filled with people being like how dare you you're an idiot like sports like lol this look at this look at this chud i'm like do you know how much i could accomplish in my life if i would have never become addicted to speculating on sports in the future like who fucking knows what i could have done with all this time and with all the mental energy that i've expended like rattling off tony pollard red zone stats like that could hold i could speak like three languages if i didn't know all these dumb nfl stats well i think it's different for us because we actually turned it into a job sure sure but But, but i I get the sentiment that you're having but like i i would be betting on sports whether i was working in sports or not but I, I don't know if I would be out of it by this point. Like, would have it run its course for me? I don't know. Like, if I started, like, if betting had been, I mean, it was legal here, and I was betting at the time, and then I liked it so much that I got into doing content about it. So that's me. But uh, if I was just a 24-year-old who I took up sports betting, would I still be sports betting at 30? I don't know. Because betting becomes weird. Like, you're one of two people. I've noticed this with like casino play. I loved going to the casino when I was fucking broke. I loved it. And losing every cent that I had left in my bank account. I go to the casino now when literally I could lose any amount of money that I could have access to and I would be fine. Like I'm not going to walk in there with like $50,000 unless I had gone to the bank, got $50,000 out, went to the casino. Like if I walk in with 500 bucks, Whatever, I have a pretty short limit on like the amount of like, why would you need that much cash in order to ever take it out? So my limit is actually quite low on the amount of daily cash that I can get out of an ATM. That if I lost the 500 bucks and I lost that limit too, like it would be terrible. But 
it wouldn't be the end of the world that I don't even really enjoy going anymore. Uh, I still like going in general. Like I, I actually just recently went, um, what I don't like though, I don't know. I don't know if this is true everywhere in America, but this is, uh, increasingly true in the Midwest. They are specifically switching away from live roulette dealers to having, you know, it be electronic roulette basically. And no, no fucking thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's like, if I wanted to play electronic roulette, I could do that shit at my house. I mean, I could do it. I could do it right now. I, I do not. And I got no, I got no interest. And I also, if you're at a bad blackjack table, like if it's not like fun and everyone's, you know, cheering and we're having a good time, if it's just like you and two divorced dads playing blackjack, like that is a horrible vibe. So I, I have less fun at the casino now than I did when I was 23, 100%, not even close. Yeah, like the, the money meant so much to me at the, the money time. meant I, way more. Yeah, yeah, and like that was like a real part of the rush. And I could just never, like, I, I'm not going to be betting $1,000 hands. Just, I have no interest in doing that. I'd rather keep my money at that point. That I, I don't want to put myself into a position where I could lose, like, a substantial amount of money to, like, try to acquire that rush. But I think that's the difference between people like me and then people who, like, kind of go full tilt addict with that stuff. Because they will. I know a few people. Like, small business owners have a lot of money. And like I'll like I've I've gone to the casino with them. They're playing like five after an hour, five thousand dollar hands and shit like this. Like you're gonna lose like your entire payroll here, pal. Like you you might need to calm down. But they need that rush. They do need the rush. I just like for, and I I mean this is probably like being too inside baseball or whatever. But I cannot help the feeling playing table games knowing I cannot win this wager. If I did this wager ad infinitum i did this wager five thousand times i would lose 100 percent of the time i can't i can't get over that i mean i guess that makes me a nerd that makes me the guy no one wants to play with you know but it, it would you sound like the least amount of fun at a casino yeah well i when i go to a casino i want to play poker i mean that that's my that's my preference because I can win that game. You know, I can, instead of having to sit with the divorced dads and try and be uh, the team, the the, the team against the dealer, I I get to take the divorced dad's money. I mean, I don't mind playing poker at a casino. I find it incredibly boring though. I was going to say you would, you, I, I cannot imagine you having the patience to sit there for four hours and play two, five, hold them or whatever. Yeah, well, I used to go down and like, when I was in college, I used to go grind one, two, hold them at the casino yeah. in town. And it's incredibly boring, but, you know, I needed the money so I could sit there and be disciplined and basically try to do like, they, hey, can I make 50 bucks per hour doing this and play for like five hours or something? And be like, now I'll go out tonight, like go out this weekend and go drinking or whatever it was. There were drinks back then. Stuff was more reasonable. But like poker room is a bad vibe, man. It is, oh yeah the, the fucking worst people on it, earth extreme i mean and and that's honestly that is true of anything where gambling is the central activity the vibe no are bad. see i disagree you get people around like a roulette table on a saturday night people having the most fun you'll ever see saturday night losing. yes but like any other i've been i've been you know I've, I've been to a fair amount of roulette tables and what you don't what you never want to see and you always see it is the old guy who rolls up with 500 bucks cash, he thinks he has a system. He loses all the money immediately. He goes into his pocket for like his last 200 bucks. He thinks he has a system. He wins a big spot. You know, he gets his his lucky number hits or whatever, and he gets his he gets his payout. And then you proceed to watch him lose everything after getting back to even, and then just kind of shuffle away from the table defeated. I mean, that is one of the toughest scenes of all time. I don't count other people's money, Davis. I, I'm concerned about my money. Yeah, but come on. You know what I'm talking about. That is a terrible vibe. It's an awful vibe to watch. Okay, I, I can see where you're coming from. These are adults, Davis. They're putting their own money down. I don't really care what happens to them. I would prefer everyone win, but I'm more concerned about me winning. Yeah, I look, I'm not saying I'm not saying I care. I'm not saying I'm about to refund this dude out of my pocket. I'm just saying it's it's bad vibes because you can it just it's no, a, it's, it's not because the guy's leaving. It, it can't be bad vibes anymore. If everyone's there like having a few drinks, 
doing whatever, cheering when the ball's coming in. This jabroni walks up and loses 500 bucks and slinks off. Like, whatever. Uh, Yeah, I mean, whatever. Fair enough. I just, the, the overall point I was trying to make was I do think a sort of societal, well-meaning, puritanical pushback to sports sports betting being everywhere and in everything is totally coming. Oh, for sure. I mean, whereas I will veer the other way, like me and my best friend, Jamie Foxx, and just play blackjack on my phone wherever I go. I love those commercials. He's like, hey, I'm at a wedding playing blackjack. <laughs> well, it's like, Amazing. so I, so in, uh, can you play on DraftKings in Canada? Can you do the, the casino anywhere? Uh, oh, I mean, DraftKings Sportsbook is only legal in Ontario, in Canada, because oh. Ontario is the only regulated market sure. in Canada. So it's similar to that in the United States. There's only six states where you can use the casino. And I happen to take a family vacation to one of them this summer in Michigan, which is one of the six states where you can do the online casino. And I was like, if I could fucking sit and play blackjack on my phone all the time on DraftKings, because that's the other thing about other, like what I like about DraftKings is all my money's there. I mean, like I don't have to move anything around. I could just, I can get on the casino. I can get on the sports book, like whatever. And I don't keep an active account balance. I deposit in and deposit out on every other sports book and DFS site. Cause I don't like to hold it there. Um, and just having that access to a casino on my phone at all. The time, I mean, that could turn me into divorce dad levels. It would not be good for me. Maybe, but like we've had access to that. I remember doing it in college playing blackjack and craps on my computer on my desktop at the yeah time. craps craps uh, craps on the computer roulette on the computer yeah when you yeah, discover the like live get... dealer tab for the first time <laughs> oh yeah like you like but we've had that for 20 years it just hasn't again it's not legal but it is not illegal at the same time because all the rest of the provinces operate in the gray market with a lot of this stuff so it, it was on bovada or bodog up here that i was you know just you know, I lost a bunch of money playing blackjack. I was like, what? And you lose it so fast. Just like, what am I doing here? Like, I, I'm just not doing this again. It's insane. It actually is insane how fast you can lose your entire account balance playing blackjack. Like you, you just double and then you double again. And then all of a sudden you're playing $300 per hand and you're like, uh, it's all gone. It's all like, it's all <laughs> whatever I had, whatever I had in this account, it is completely nuked. F blackjack fucking sucks. I hate blackjack blackjack's just an act like if you demand action just it's go play blackjack game. yeah it is an action so i mean so is roulette roulette you lose now roulette takes slower, too long though. it takes about the same amount of time no that absolutely does not like no, unless you're, you're playing at a like especially unless you're by yourself at a roulette table which that's actually kind of a sad scene playing solo roulette solo roulette like, is a sad scene yeah Oh, a solo blackjack can be like that too, but you can play like, you can take up all the, all the spots. You can take up all the spots. Yeah. You want to play like four hands at once, which I love to do. One of my favorite things in the world, but I don't know. It's just, just, you get immediate action with blackjack. You have to wait around. If there's a bunch of people playing roulette and like, you have like the two guys playing all the inside numbers with their like $1 chips that they had to get translated into a certain color. So people know right. it's theirs and then paying them out. Being a roulette like a croupier, it's a lot of quick math in your head. You, got, you have to be pretty sharp. That is, uh, yeah, I, I was talking to a croupier the last time I played roulette, and I thought this was unreal. But a croupier sees people lose their money all day long, come to their table with a stack, lose it all, leave. And she was telling me that she still plays like on her off days. She still comes to the casino and plays table games. No one fucking knows how it works better than a dealer or a croupier. And they still play. Isn't that nuts? I mean, that goes back to the doctor smoking or a PhD watching mass singer. People are fucking crazy, dude. I, I it's just, I don't know. Maybe I'm just an alien dude. It just, I don't know. I guess, I guess that's not any different than me firing uh, you know, underdog pickums, knowing what the math is on them, and being like, "Well, whatever." You know, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to have a sweat. I guess it's really the same thing. I mean, you can use the EV calculators on Run the Sims for those. 
The, see, that goes back. Uh, DFS, I play pretty seriously. I like to I like to have good lineups. I like them to be theoretically profitable. But it comes back to the me not taking betting that super seriously thing. Like, I'm, I'm mostly wanting to just bet on fun stuff. It's like, it's like I, I almost always take overs, you know, even though you like overs are bad. You, you just should not like just in general, when faced with an option, a 50, 50 option, you should take the under, but I never do. Well, there's more outs with the under. And then you could be, if you bet unders, you'll never be one of those people demanding refunds online. Oh my, these are, those are my, I've come around, I've come around the other way on it because it's pretty pious of people in the industry. And I, I agree. It's a bad look. Like I wouldn't want to be a person complaining to a sports book to refund my $5 wager. But at the same time, these people lost money. And if the sports books gave them an inch, they want to take a mile. So I don't blame them for doing it. Well, the, the expected value of <laughs> not asking for a refund or a void is zero. The expected value of asking for a void or a refund is what? Plus 0.003 cents or whatever. So it definitely is the right EV move. Like no question about it. Yeah. So if you're concerned about EV, it should be something that you're doing. Yeah. I, I've never, I now don't get me wrong. I, there's been spots like, uh, like, uh, I took some a chain overs this last weekend and don't get me wrong. I would have loved to have been one of the people getting a refund because a chain got hurt on his second snap of, of the game or whatever. But you know, I've already set the line in the sand of of not being one of those people, so I couldn't I couldn't do it. It would be a bad look for any industry person. It would be super bad. But can you imagine? Can you imagine? You know, just Joe Joe phone shitter lineup guy gets on and he sees someone with one hundred ten thousand followers like adding DraftKings assist customer support, wanting his Devin A chain over fourteen and a half receiving yards voided. Like awful look. I, but I, I, it's a terrible look. I agree. But it's some people seem to get like viscerally mad about it, though. Like Cam Stewart. Cam Stewart's one who gets very upset about it. He's well, like, Cam in just my, gets in my about day, everything. Well, he's not, though. Cam's actually a pretty happy guy. But he's just like, in my day, you know, if you went to the, because he, he still bets with the fucking boogie. That, like, you know, if I told my boogie I, I wanted a refund because my guy got hurt, he'd laugh me out of the fucking building, then demand his money. Yeah, not not great, right? But aren't we supposed to be for the player? But we're not for the player if we find them annoying? That doesn't seem right. That's just kind of my moral code. I'm for I'm for the working man. I'm for I'm for the little guy unless I find him annoying, in which case I rule against him. That's sort of my that's sort of my personal ethos, yeah. Okay, well I I, I suppose that makes sense. Do you find it hard to buy for people in your life for Christmas? Uh I, you're going to hate this. I mostly get people books. That's mostly, that's mostly my gift. I get people books or concert tickets. Those are my, those are my two things. Do you get them books they want or books that you think that they'd like? Depends. Depends on the person. Depends on the gift. God. That's real main character energy. Is it? Yeah. I mean, it's look, it's not, uh, it's just like, I think you'd really like this book. Merry Christmas. It's it's mostly I I mean I the the main book I give people if they haven't read it is I give people my favorite book Life of Pi I've never had anyone read it and say they didn't like it or that they didn't get something from it it's a quick read it's like two hundred eighty pages it's not it's I, not like asking someone to read a Dostoevsky novel I was gonna say I thought you were gonna say Infinite Jest I'd be like I couldn't imagine the looks no, on people's faces no I would never I would never Infinite get anyone Jest. I would never get anyone infinite jest uh yeah no I, I I my expectations are not that high I do find concert tickets are a pretty good gift though it's like it's like generally speaking it's not something that someone would buy themselves it's an experience you can go and do it together it's basically like saying let's go hang out for a night you know oh so you go with them yeah yeah I mean most of the time like I got uh so like I just bought Bob Dylan tickets for my wife and my parents and I, we went, uh, I don't know, a month ago or so or whatever. And it was nice. Like we went out to dinner, went to this nice place, saw Bob Dylan do his thing. It was nice. Yeah. I legitimately thought Bob Dylan died 15 years ago. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's insane. He's not, it's, I wouldn't say he's like a still a huge powerhouse performer or anything <laughs> like that. Uh, but he was, he, just, he was brittle to begin with. Yeah. He was, he was already a small feeble little dude in in the 60s it, but yeah i mean it's it's not and he 
he did the whole like he did i think a, an 18 song set or whatever 90 minutes you know no breaks not just it was it was pretty wild playing a lot of harmonica no so that's the thing this tour he's doing the piano he decided on playing the piano on this tour which is like that's kind of dylan's thing is he's just always kind of like fuck you i'm not playing the hits you know takes a takes a i mean not everyone would enjoy it obviously i enjoyed it yeah i I mean a lot of people love bob dylan can't imagine you're a big bob dylan guy doesn't fit me as a as a as a pat mayo guy doesn't really have bangers no no not not really a not really a. I I wouldn't even actually have a guess like what your number one concert to go to would be i don't have a clue I got to see my number one concert in their last performance ever. So I was, I mean, I wasn't happy about that because they stopped performing, but I I went, I went to Bonnaroo to go see the Beastie Boys. Oh, the Beastie Boys. I mean, that is perfect. That is literally, that is literally, uh, that's amazing. I mean, I like the Beastie Boys. That's very cool. But I I think that is, uh, I, I could not imagine a more perfect meshing of what I imagine you to be and be like, you know, in, in your life and your favorite musical artist, that is, that is 10 out of 10. Perfect. Well, I mean, there's only so many weird owl concerts you can go to. You're a weird owl guy. Oh yeah. <laughs> that, that, that fits too. That makes sense. I like weird owl. I've never been, I've never been to a weird owl concert. Who, unless you really think you're too cool for school, who doesn't like weird owl? You would have to kind of be a, a fish in the a fish, like a, like a, a what I'm, I'm mixing my metaphors here, a real wet blanket to be like, dude, Weird Al sucks. I don't get it. You know, it's like, yeah, like, the, the, there's legitimately nothing to get. There's it's nothing like, to get. It's let's very, have a laugh. On the, it's very, it's very on the surface. Yeah. But I, I have a few like, uh, like super music people in my life that hate Weird Al. Fuck that guy. You know who Which I is, like? This this underground German EDM guy. Like when no, I went to, I got to experience all these bands at Bonnaroo. Yeah. And people were telling me all about the Animal Collective, some, I don't know, techno group or something. Uh, Animal Collective is good. They were fucking terrible. It was nah, the that, worst show I had ever seen. I could see them being awful. shitty in person. Awful. The thing is, though, is that real music people tend to like Weird Al. Like if you talk to like, some famous music like they're all and because he has to you know get permission to like parody their songs or whatever Does he? I, most of the time yeah like i i remember it being a big deal that uh that he had to ask kurt cobain to do the smells like teen spirit parody or whatever and kurt thought it was hilarious he was like yeah absolutely like do it didn't that come out way after he died though no, no, it was it was like ninety. I think it was ninety two. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong about this. Maybe he had to ask Dave Grohl to do it, and Dave Grohl. Maybe I'm getting my my stories mixed up. Yeah, that came. I you know it did come out in nineteen ninety two. You're right. Yeah. But like, I, I, thought it large, fell, I thought I thought it fell under parody law. Maybe maybe he just does it out of good taste. Maybe he just maybe like if it's like really that big of a song, maybe he just approaches them, you know, out of good taste and just asks or whatever. Let's see. Cobain considered the parody as a sign they had made it as a band. Yeah, he liked it, which is yeah. like being. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say like Weird Al's on my fucking playlist. Like, I don't remember the last time I listened to a Weird Al song, but like, I get it. You're not just firing up a living with a hernia. No, no. It's you gotta be. You gotta be in a specific mood to listen to some Weird Al. Uh, I mean, it, it puts you in a better mood. Well, sure. Yeah, I don't know. There, there's not, not a lot of negative vibes coming off of Weird Al. But like I said, Animal Collective is the single worst show I've ever seen in my life. Uh, but I had, I had never heard of TV on the radio. And I think the guy oh, died eventually. they're good. So, so I just stumbled into a TV on the radio concert, and it was fucking bananas. It was yeah, awesome. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, I, I, I've I seen them. They're they're awesome. I like them. Yeah, concerts are just fun. To Like, I just, I, I'm, I'm a, obviously a little bit old, to be down in like the mosh pit or whatever. So I don't really do that anymore. But like, I just have a good, like it's just a really good communal social experience. It much more uh, in general, much more lax and, and stuff than sports games, like going to a big NFL game. It's like, really, it's actually just high tension. Like people are mad. People are yelling. It's not, it's fun, but it's like a very high pressure experience. 
See, I, I would just think that, I mean, based on the NFL games that I've gone to, they're kind of terrible. Like it's a yeah. made for TV sport. It's made for TV. Yeah. And then you don't get to watch the other games. Usually if you're at, like, and there's a Sunday no, there, there's no service in the stadium. So you don't know how your teams are doing like your fantasy football teams. And it's most, it's obviously it's like a lot of them take place in October, November, December. So it's very cold. Yeah. It's, it's like, I would say like power rankings for in like being at a game. I weirdly think hockey's the best. And I don't I would say hockey, basketball, football, baseball for me. Yeah. Actually, I would put baseball above football because baseball is like you can take a nap if you want to. Sure. Like you're just chilling, drinking beer. You're just, you're 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 literally just hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's like an intense playoff game. But like hockey's fun to watch live. Lacrosse, super fun. Fun to watch live. I could see I could see lacrosse being fun. Yeah, I don't know. You got anything for me before we get out of here? Anything no, burning? No, just uh, try not to get COVID. I think it's my kids. My, I mean, never if you never. Yeah, your kids are, sick, are petri dishes, man. P, P, it's, it's pronounced petri. See, see a French Canadian. I mean, I don't know where petri. Petri sounds like you're the French Canadian. You, you have Mike Leone itis here with De- Delani Walker, whatever he used to call him. Leone, Leone is is perfect for the mispronounce. I try and do my best with the mispronounced names, but they're like, like I just did it five minutes ago. I'm not gonna say A Chan. A Chan sounds way cooler. Is it A Chan? Like eight Chan? He said so after that crazy game he had against the Broncos and his media availability, he said, "Oh, by the way, it's A Chan, not A Chan." So he just he's he's big on the on the forums, the eight the eight Chan forums. Big on the eight Chan forums, yeah. But A Chan just sounds cooler. Right. I can't believe you started off with no politics in sports. I mean, I've, now that I've thought about it more, you're kind of right. Yeah, it's it's like obviously it's still there, and if you want to find it, you could find it. But uh, the the point was actually that the people who are really hyper focused on the political bent in sports now are actually the right wing people who are being like, uh, like the, this Megan Rapino thing. You probably don't even know who she is. But she, she's the uh, American soccer player, right? Yeah, and everyone hates her. And she tore her Achilles in the NWSL final. And she did this interview that was like, the, she said something insane, like, you know, there's proof there's no God because I ruptured my Achilles or whatever, which is like, no one cares. Move on, like, totally ignore. But like, to this day, we're recording this Tuesday, November 21st. And right wing sports Twitter is still like railing against this woman saying God isn't real because she got injured in a final. Like it's, it's just, who cares? Yeah, but that's, you're, you're talking about right-wing sports Twitter. I'm sure that left-wing sports Twitter has something that they're railing does about for three weeks. left-wing sports Twitter even exist? I guess it I, does. That it's, I it's, don't know. It's, it's NBA Twitter. It's NBA Twitter. Well, see, that that's the, I mean, when you spoke earlier about the, the difference between the NBA and MLB is that it's not so much, like we're thinking about the capitalization of future income when it comes to the NBA because most people, at least to me, and maybe I'm wrong on the demographics here because of what we talked about, how people consume the NBA, be it through Instagram or TikTok or YouTube, that it's just a much younger audience, generally, generally an audience that doesn't have money right now. But by the time that they do have money, they still like the NBA. That's when you cash in. Yeah, I will say, uh, I got to give a shout out. DraftKings gave out League Pass to everyone who is uh, an Onyx. Um, not Onyx, Diamond, I think, is the second to highest tier. They gave us free League Pass. Uh, DraftKings has given me a lot of gifts that I've never used in my life. You know, bath towels and shit like that. I'll take uh, your the, bath towels. <laughs> the, the League Pass gift. That is getting used. It's a very good gift. Thank you to my friends at DraftKings.com for that. Didn't they also have a thing where if you like bet ten bucks on an NBA game on a new account, you'd get it too? I I think that's. I think it was. Uh, I think that's true. I think they ran some promo like that. I I I don't always get the betting promos because I have to drive twenty minutes to another state to to look at them. But I I think you're right. Makes sense. And then classic right. FanDuel, they gave everyone three months of League Pass, not not the full <laughs> season, just your classic. <laughs> They're so bad. Oh, FanDuel, man. Like, I, I haven't played, I mean, I, I never, I mean, there's a reason, I mean, I, I'm partnered with DraftKings, so obviously I've always liked DraftKings, but before I was partnered with DraftKings, I always used DraftKings. And, like, didn't like playing on FanDuel. 
Well, my deal is I like playing. I mean, the the games are a little bit softer on FanDuel and stuff, but they they have some security thing going on that basically causes me to have to change my password every time I log in. And that is just enough for me to not want to keep money on FanDuel. It's like, who knows when I'm actually finally going to get locked out of this shit. So I just don't. I, 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 I didn't even think about it from that perspective. I was thinking about it from the perspective of like, I don't want to have to fucking change my password. Oh, well, I don't want to have to change my password That's just annoying. every time. But 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 just imagine having twelve hundred dollars on FanDuel and and you just get locked out and you're like stuck in like customer service hell trying to get your money out. Yeah, that 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 does not sound great. No, it sounds terrible. So like I just it's just enough it's just enough for me to not <laughs> want to log in. We are gonna let Pat go rest his vocal cords. He's gonna go take a little nap. Maybe he will get some chicken noodle soup in him, and uh, we will be back next week, everybody. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. When your path to business growth gets rocky, AdRoll makes digital marketing a walk in the park. Work directly with advertising experts at AdRoll to launch cross-channel campaigns that deliver efficient ROI. Sign up at AdRoll.com slash ROI.